Welcome to Parenting Your Sensitive Child. Parenting a highly sensitive child can feel overwhelming, and all the parenting books in the world can only get you so far if your head and your heart are out of alignment with your child's. I'm your host, Julia McGarry. Let's create a new parenting paradigm. Hey y'all, I want to talk to you today about the value of creating a safe space. Now, it may seem obvious, of course children need a safe space that they can go to, but I've had a few conversations lately and some experiences of my own that have reminded me of the importance of creating safe spaces for your child. I'm going to start by sharing my own story then talk a little bit about what constitutes a safe space and why they're important. And then we'll look at a few examples of where safe spaces might get overlooked and the sorts of problems that can arise from that. So I was inspired to share this with you today because I'm a Girl Scout leader and I realized last night that I hadn't explicitly defined a safe space for my Girl Scouts to retreat to should they need to remove themselves from the group dynamic. Why would they need to do that? Well, (laughs) our troop can get pretty loud. The girls can get silly and it can get a little bit overwhelming. And sometimes there are games with a clearly defined winner. And as we all know, there can be a lot of emotions wrapped up in winning and losing. Our girls are still pretty young. So I always allow them to opt out of activities or games that make them feel uncomfortable But I haven't ever said, if you feel like you need a moment away from the troop, I understand that, and here's where you can go. Yet I know that this is something that is so valuable to offer. This kind of safe space might take the form of a cozy corner in a preschool or elementary school classroom, but they aren't as common as kids get older. As they get older, adults tend to expect that they will just be regulated, that they'll be able to handle disappointment, that they'll be able to participate attentively, and that they won't need any extra support doing this. Now, if you are parenting a highly sensitive elementary schooler or middle schooler, you probably know that these assumptions do not hold true for all kids. Big emotions in big kids are no joke, and if they don't have a safe space or permission to process what they're feeling, they tend to internalize it until they have the safety they need to release and process, or they just become more disruptive. Offering a space where kids can process what they're feeling, or just having a space away from everyone else, is a kindness to all kids. So next week, I'm going to change that for our troop. And now, I want to clarify that these safe spaces are not spaces we send our kids to to calm down. These are places that are inviting and cozy, out of sight of the group, and clearly defined in advance so that our kids know if they need to tend to themselves, they have a place to do it. I also like to clarify in advance that if a child moves into one of these spaces, 
I will come and check on them. Or another adult will come and check on them. Why? Because kids don't learn to regulate their emotions through isolation. They learn through co-regulating. And when we check on them, we not only show them that we care, we give them an opportunity to co-regulate with us and build the skills that will allow them to regulate independently in the future. If we just leave them alone, we're also leaving them to their own devices. And the strategies they lean on or come up with are not necessarily strategies that will serve them well into adulthood. Allowing them to co-regulate, though, will serve them throughout their life. Okay, so now, now that we know why safe spaces are important, let's think about what they look like. I cannot stress enough that they need to be inviting. Think blanket fort with lots of pillows. We don't want these spaces to be viewed as a punishment. We want them to be a retreat. At school, for example, it might be convenient for a child to go to the office and calm down, but there's such a negative connotation with going to the office that it can't meet the criteria for being a safe space. I remember one of my classmates in elementary school used to hang out in the closet where our cubbies were and he would read the Hardy Boys. He'd just hang out in there and read. He had a safe space in our classroom. It wasn't big. And that's important to note too. These spaces do not have to be big. They could just be a little nook, maybe with a a blanket draped over the top or in our classroom, my three-year-old classroom, we put up a, a curtain rod across the section of the bookshelf so that kids could climb into the bookshelf and draw the curtain and just be in there by themselves. And another thing to consider is that these safe spaces don't have to be fixed. You can create a safe space for your child when you're out and about. This might mean investing in a toddler carrier or a bike trailer that converts into a stroller. They have these high walls and provide a nice cozy spot to sit with windows to look through while still creating a sense of separation from the chaos of public places. If you have multiple children, having a stroller with a big kid ride-on attachment can work too. Your arms on either side of them as you push can be enough to create a safe space for them. And if they're too big for something like that, you might consider having a safe word in crowded spaces that they can say to let you know they need to get out of there. You let them know that if you hear the word, you'll go for a walk with them and find a bench and just sit, no questions asked. And that can create the idea of a safe safe space, the availability of a safe space, even if it's not physically present the whole time, it's available to them. And that actually brings me to one final point. I've been talking about creating a safe space, but you can also be a safe space. Having a safe person to co-regulate with is such an essential piece of this that sometimes it can stand apart from the actual physical space. Sometimes it's enough for a child to have a safe person. All right, that is what I've got for you today. 
I hope it's helpful. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you in the next episode. Do you feel like you're parenting 24-7 and you're still not sure your child is getting what they need? Are you ready to stop parenting reactively and start living in partnership with your sensitive child? Are you ready to reclaim time for yourself and time for your dreams? Then you're going to want to explore coaching with me. I help my clients tune out all the noise better understand their kids, build a parenting strategy that meets their family's specific needs, and do the mindset work necessary to implement that strategy consistently without sacrificing themselves in the process. To get started, just head over to partnerpath.com, click on coaching, and get your free consultation set up. Let's get to know each other.